0: Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, a two, a three. And away we go. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ritz Report. It is December 16th, 2021. And welcome to today's episode. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me. I apologize for missing this uh, past Tuesday's episode I was uh, busy with some personal items and unable to get to the microphone, but it's good to be back, and I'm glad that you're here with me to discuss the events of the day. Yes, sir, yes, sir. So let's jump into it. Just as a uh, point of reference, today in 1773, the Boston Tea Party happened, and I was thinking about this with everything that's going on in our wonderful country nowadays. Uh, The Boston Tea Party happened, and I look around the world today, and I look around our lovely country, what's happening, and what people are willing to put up with, and I think to myself, are we the same people that we were back then? Uh, Off of history.com, the Boston Tea Party, in Boston Harbor, a group of Massachusetts colonists described as Mohawk Indians, I wonder if uh, Elizabeth Warren was among them, (laughs) board three British tea ships and dump 342 chests of tea into the harbor. The midnight raid popular, excuse me, popularly known as the Boston Tea Party, was in protest of the British Parliament's Tea Act of 1773, a bill designed to save the faltering East India Company by greatly lowering its tea tax and granting it a virtual monopoly on America's tea trade. Excuse me, i am just got a beer here. Uh you know, I wanted to do the show. It's getting later in the day. I figured, you know what? I'm going to kick back with a cold one while I sit and do the Rich Report with you guys. And uh, that's just how I roll. Let me get a little sip. What do you say? Ah. Ah. Little uh, dogfish head 60 minute IPA. And they're not a sponsor, but it is a tasty brew. I will say that. So in 7073, the Boston Tea Party, all because of the Uh, British Parliament's Tea Act of 1773. Uh, When the three tea ships, the Dartmouth, the Eleanor, and the Beaver, arrived at Boston Harbor, the colonists demanded that the tea be returned to England. After Massachusetts Governor Thomas Hutchison refused, Patriot Leader Samuel Adams, not the beer I'm drinking tonight, but also a nice beer, Samuel Adams organized the tea party with about 60 members of the Sons of Liberty, his underground resistance group. The uh, British tea dumped into the Boston Harbor on that night was valued at about $18,000. Parliament, uh, outraged by the blatant destruction of British property, enacted the Coercive Acts, also known as the Intolerable Acts, in 1774. So I ask you, are we the same people who were so upset about the Tea Act of 1773 that they put on a bunch of disguises, ran aboard a bunch of ships and threw stuff in the water. Now they're demanding that we inject ourselves with experimental drugs uh, or we lose our jobs. And people just seem to be lining up for it in many cases. Uh, Things have changed, changed quite a bit. Um, Let me talk about some book recommendations that I have for you guys. So I've been doing a lot of reading. Uh, and two books that are really, really outstanding is Pandemia is one of them by Alex Berenson, and I think I've mentioned that book in the past, Pandemia. That's an excellent book, uh, and I think it's available now on Kindle for $2.99 if you're interested, uh, but Pandemia by Alex Berenson, and the other one that I highly recommend that if you if you have any question about Tony Fauci. <laughs> After having watched in this little clown for two years, if you have any questions about this man, you need to read the real Anthony Fauci by uh, Robert. I think it was not Robert Kennedy, one of the Kennedys, but um, the real Anthony Fauci. It is a it is a very disturbing picture of a young little man named Tony Fauci, and the way that he appears to manipulate situations for his own benefit, where he claims that he is the face of public health. In reality, public health is nothing, (laughs) is the furthest thing from his mind when he is doing what he is doing. If he was interested in public health, I'll ask you this. Why is it that Tony Fauci never talks about early treatment? Why is it that Tony Fauci never talks about prophylaxis protocols that citizens of the United States could just do on their own at home? Just do on their own at home. There's plenty of things that we can do by ourselves without having to go to the doctor, without having to get uh, any sort of uh, drugs via prescription that we can just do on our own. Many of these things are outlined in a number of podcasts that I'll also recommend to you now. Um, that are easy to do. So there's this one. There's this one thing that uh, Doctor Peter McCullough is always is always recommending, and it's virucidal treatments of the oral and nasal cavities, right? Virucidal treatments. So people hear that, and they're like, I don't know what that is. Well, first time I heard it, I was like, I don't know what that is. So what he recommends is that you get betadine. Betadine is um, like that brown liquid that they use in operating rooms, that you get betadine, and you mix it with water, and if you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where to go listen to him and where to get information on this, but if you mix it in water and you get a little spray bottle and shoot it up your nose and into your mouth and you do this twice a day, it is incredibly inf- effective at killing COVID. So the way, and this is amazes me, that it, the fact that we are two years into this and most people in the country still don't even understand how this virus is spread. They don't even understand how people get sick. You look around and people are like, putting hand sanitizer on their hands. Okay, that's great. Maybe you want to keep your hands clean, and I have nothing wrong with keeping your hands clean. But in relation to COVID, it's not being transmitted on your hands. It's in the air. It's in the air. So this virus gets into your mouth and into your nose and sets up shop there and lives there for anywhere from three to five to six days, right, before it invades your body. So if you can catch it early in your mouth and in your nose— and kill it with a virucidal treatment like dilute betadine in your nose and in your mouth, you're not going to get COVID. Right? (laughs) This is just a simple thing that we all can do at home. And I'll give you uh, the McCullough report. Dr. Peter McCullough has his own podcast, (laughs) better than this piece of crap. So go listen to that. (laughs) The McCullough report, Dr. Peter McCullough, every week he comes out. Uh, he does Q&A sessions on there where he answers listeners' questions, and he also just talks about things that you can do at home. He talks about uh, the newest research that co- that's coming out all in relation to COVID. Um, just really, really interesting stuff. Not all things that, you know, you're going to take it and use every little bit of it, but even if there's only bits and pieces of it that you can use for yourself to protect yourself and your family, why not? Right? Why not? the medical establishment in this country has turned its back on patients. It's turned its back on them. Like, if if you show up at a hospital and you're not not vaccinated, you're treated as though, like, you're a leper. Like, there's something wrong with you. So there's lots of things that he recommends in his podcast. Um, Again, it is the McCullough Report. You can find it on iTunes. That's where I get it. Um, And then he shows up oftentimes on other podcasts. So recently, most recently, he was on Joe Rogan Experience. Uh, I think it was last week he was on there, like a a two-and-a-half or three-hour interview. The things that he says that go, it's just mind-blowing, the stuff that has been going on over the last two-and-a-half years that people don't know about, mind-blowing. The fact that the NIH co-owns the patent with Moderna, the fact that these drug companies were working on the vaccines for this outbreak before the outbreak even happened, just the things that you hear, you're like, how is this, how did this happen? And you, you all, everybody wants to think, like, is, is all of this just coincidence? But you, like, start stacking all of these things up. And you're like, how exactly did we get here? And the people that are in charge of this thing, like, what are their intentions? So anyway, the Joe Rogan experience, Dr. Peter McCullough. Also on the Joe Rogan experience, two other shows that I highly recommend. One he did with Dr. Peter Corey. Uh, Peter Corey speaks uh, extensively about ivermectin in, in that show. Uh, highly recommend that show. And then another show that he did, actually uh, with Dr. Brett Weinstein. I don't know, maybe Corey and Weinstein were together on the same show. Uh, I don't recall. But I recommend all of those. And then another uh, podcast that's worth listening to, I think, is The High Wire with Del Bigtree. Uh, he is uh, always questioning vaccines and always looking into vaccines. He was doing it long before um, long before COVID ever happened. So I think it's uh, really, really I- interesting information that they share on all that stuff. But back to Fauci, right? So if he was really interested in public health he would be helping people be healthy, and he's not doing that. He's just recommending vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Um, and we're almost up to, uh, to 20,000 people dead now in VAERS. Oh, like at 19,800 and something. So we're, we're very close to 20,000 people that have been killed uh, by the vaccine. Um, in regard to the vaccine, and all of these vaccines are supposed to work really, really well, right? And I said this on the last show. It's like the Omicron variant has to be being transmitted among the vaccinated, right? (laughs) Because it came from South Africa. The only people that can travel on planes across state lines, or not state lines, across um, international lines are people who are fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated, right? Two shots. And you got to go out there and get your booster, according to Fauci. You got to get boosted, right? But all of these people are transmitting Omicron. Cornell University has moved, I'm sure you've heard this, all of their finals online, right? All the students large portion of them that a huge outbreak, all vaxxed, some boosted. Got a question, is it working or is, is it supposed to work that, this way? And another thing that you'll, uh, if you go and read the book by Kennedy, the real Anthony Fauci, they talk about pathogenic priming, or also known as uh, ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement. And this is something that Geert Bandenbosch has talked about a, long, a lot, right? The fact that when you... When you um, inoculate somebody with these vaccines during the pandemic and you push this pressure on the virus to mutate, that eventually you're going to create a variant that essentially the vaccine will invite into the cell, right? So luckily this one appears to be infecting a lot of the people that are already vaccinated, but it doesn't appear to be very virulent. So they're not getting really sick and dying. But I've said this on other podcasts as well, is that there's never been... And this was a red flag for me, like right out of the gate. Like early on, uh, April, May of 2020, where I was listening to a doctor on Rose Unplugged. And I went back to look for it and I cannot find the podcast. But the show called Rose Unplugged, she had a doctor on. And he was talking about the fact that there had never, ever in the history of humans been a vaccine, a successful vaccine for a coronavirus. And the reason that, that there had been was because They ended up in the situation every time with ADE or pathogenic priming where the host or the animal that they had vaccinated would then be exposed to the original virus and it would kill the host. It would kill the host. So when I heard that, that there had never been a coronavirus vaccine because every time they had tried to do it, it killed the host, like red flags everywhere, right? Red flags everywhere. Why would that be? And why should all of us not take that into consideration when we're considering taking this vaccine? If we look at the New York Times today, their uh, 14 day rolling average across the country, we're up cases 40%, 40%. And new deaths up 34%. So we're we're definitely heading in the wrong direction. I think this is going to be a tough tough winter here in new york with oh my god here in new york with uh with governor Hokel. <laughs> man you are one pathetic loser <laughs> loser loser are you kidding me <laughs> Uh, Governor Hochul. Here in New York with Governor Hochul, she uh, now today came out and said that they're considering, and they, this is how you know they're going to do it, they just like float it out like a trial balloon. Anytime you hear somebody say, in, in government or in uh, the public health authority, you know, we're considering doing such and such. You can bet that such and such, they've already decided they're going to do such and such, they just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. Right, haven't pulled the trigger on it. So see now saying that in New York, she's considering saying that fully vaccinated is three doses. When are we going to get past this, folks? When are we going to get past the fact that we can all see? We can all see with our own eyes. We all know people now who are fully vaccinated, who have gotten sick after the fact. How long are we going to continue to ignore this data? and say, I need another booster. I need another booster. I need another booster. We can see it all around the world. We can see it in the UK. We can see it in in Israel. We're a little bit behind them. Do people just choose not to look at that information? When are the American people going to be roused from this slumber that they're in or this this, uh, position of fear that they are in and say, you know what? This obviously is not the right way to go. It's not working. And I said it to my wife the other day, like, if Omicron is really, really contagious, and it appears to be, right? Everybody's talking about how contagious it is, so it appears to be very contagious, but it's not as virulent. Let everybody get it. Let everybody get it. Go out there and get it, right? Just like they used to do um, chicken pox parties back when I was a kid. Let everybody get it, and let's get past this. Let's get past it, because we are going to go through cycle after cycle after cycle of all of this nonsense around and around and around, and again, going back to the real Anthony Fauci book, when you read that book, you were going to get so angry. You were going to get so frustrated by the fact that the, the uh, statements that he makes in that book, and I don't know, I mean, I'm not a scientist, I am not a doctor, but when he lays out the argument and he gives you the data, it seems pretty clear to me that this all could have been over during the summer of 2020, this could have been done. But because of the way we've handled it, and because we have this genius Fauci doing what he does, we're still, we're still dealing with this. And if we continue down this road, listening to this guy do the same thing over and over and over again, we're going to be in the same place again next year. I don't want to hear people talking about how everything's going to be great at the end of 2022 right? Coming into 2021, I was ready to be done. I was ready for this to be over. Now we're exiting 2021. We're going into the, uh, the new year, 2022. Cases probably are going to be the highest they've been ever, ever in January of 2022. Now I ask you, just pause. Just pause for a moment. Even the most pro-vaccine people out there, just think for a moment. What is going on? If these vaccines work, what is going on? How do we have more cases now before, than before we had vaccines? We have more now. It's infuriating. Infuriating. And then today, the CDC to consider restrictions on the J&J COVID vaccine over more concerns of blood clots. So we all remember back in the day, right, in April of 2020, where they pulled the J&J vaccine or April of 2021, where they pulled the J&J vaccine for a few days because one in a million people were getting blood clots. Oops. Turns out it's more risky than that. It's not one in a million. It's like one in 100,000. And I understand that one in 100,000 is, you know, it's still a small number unless you're the one. Unless you're the one. They state in this piece roughly one, and one woman per 100,000 between the ages of 30 and 49 are experiencing blood clotting after getting the J&J shot. Dr. Peter McCullough talks about this. He has had women in his practice, he's a cardiologist, who got the J&J shot. They show up. One woman, her entire arm was blue because she got a a blood clot in her arm, I think six months after the shot. So the thing about this is, is that at least you could, if you could think to yourself like, okay, I got the shot. I'm like two weeks after the fact, maybe I'm past, maybe I'm past like the risk window and I'm good. You can't. It's like, you can't even feel that way. You can't even feel that way because recent research has shown now that the spike protein is in your body. It's been discovered 16 months after the shot or after the infection, I'm sorry. 16 months after the infection. And the infection gives you a lower dose of spike protein than these vaccines do. So how long is that spike protein in your body? That's the one that's causing all the damage, right? That's the one that's causing myocarditis and periocarditis and all the issues that people are having. How long is that in your body? And then if you got to get a booster every six months, does it ever go out of your body? And if it doesn't ever go out of your body, and the spike protein is cytotoxic, and it is damaging to all of your organs in your body, how long can your body take that? How much of that can you take? And you have people lining up, young people, 20 years years old, 30 years old. Parents getting their kids inoculated, like... You have no idea what this is doing to the inside of your body. And it seems as though you just don't care. It's mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. In other news, 103 U.S. Marines, hoorah, I used to be a Marine, so hey, hey, hey. 103 U.S. Marines uh, discharged for refusing the COVID vaccine on Thursday. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin gave the Marines until the end of November to get their jabbed or get booted. Friends, That is just unbelievable. For a, let's just say these 103 Marines have filed for a religious exemption, right? Because they believe they shouldn't have to take the shot because the shots were created with fetal cells and that's what they believe in their religion. Wasn't this country founded on partially freedom of religion? Wasn't that one of the reasons that, right, that people came over here? Like that's like the essence of, and we're now firing people because of that. People who voluntarily stepped forward and said, I'm willing to die for my country in a hail of bullets. And if they won't get an experimental jab, that's not FDA approved. They get kicked to the curb. They get kicked to the curb. <sighs> it's amazing. We're, it, it, I, I don't know how we got here and I don't know how we get out of here. But more people need to start standing up and saying enough. More people need to start standing up and saying, okay, the people in charge don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They need to step back. Fauci needs to be investigated. We need to look into that guy and everything that he's done. Because like I said, in that book, the things that they reveal in the way that he dealt with the AIDS crisis, do do you know that early COVID vaccines actually gave people HIV over in Australia? I mean, th- there are things that are unbelievable in this book. That the, the vaccines for COVID, when being tested in the original trials, they said that they were so successful. The vaccines were so successful that they cut. It was supposed to be a three-year trial. They cut, the, they cut it short after like three months, and they vaccinated the control group. So you don't have anybody to look to to say, okay, here's our control group. What difference outcome did we have? they vaccinated the control group so they would have nothing to compare it against. So there are people that speculate that this push to vaccinate every single person in the United States is to vaccinate the control group. And apparently Fauci did this with AZT during the AIDS epidemic. The exact same thing, right? Did the trial, cut it short, vaccinated the control group because he said it wouldn't be humane to not give them the vaccine. Meanwhile, AZT was so toxic, it killed almost everybody that got it. Folks, get get the Robert Kennedy book and read it. Um it's uh it's incredible. So, with all that under our belt, how about we do the woke word of the day? Oh, ah hi. I'm your beta male here at the uh, Ritz Report. Uh I'm just thinking about Tony. Uh, in in, in um, thinking about Tony, how about we do uh, the word of the, the the word of the day today is science. Uh, it's the grand majestic deity that holds the world together, whose truth is administered by a priesthood of infallible scientists, and whose precepts we will follow with the faith of a child. Blessed be Thy name of science. <laughs> and you will remember when Tony Fauci was on TV and shot back that anybody who accuses him or attacks him is not attacking Tony Fauci, they are actually attacking science because, you know, that's rational anybody who uh, is not a total megalomaniac would um, would believe that, and before we get out of here what do you say, we do a little nod to the Commander-in-Chief Hero. Of the stupid. <laughs> oh yeah here we go what do you say you're trying your best, but it never feels like enough we choose truth over facts this is great I'm the wrong one we cannot let this we've never allowed any crisis from the civil war straight through to the pandemic of 17 all the way around 16 we have never <laughs> never let our democracy take second fiddle that we can both have a democracy and elections and at the same time correct the public health <laughs> there you go folks president of the united states there he is there he is every everything's good We have nothing to fear. He is in charge. (laughs) Man, (laughs) you are one pathetic loser. Thanks for joining me today on the Ritz Report. Again, I apologize for not being here on Tuesday, but I was tied up. Join me back here again next week. Uh, Actually, uh, next Friday is Christmas Eve. Ho, ho, ho. Hope everybody out there is ready to go for Christmas. I actually... Uh, Moved recently, and I still need to get a Christmas tree. I don't have one yet, but don't you worry. Don't you fear. I will have lots of holiday cheer. I just made a rhyme. (laughs) Thanks again for joining me. If you like the show, please share it with a friend, friends who are informed, friends who are uninformed. And if you like what you hear, go ahead and give it a rating on one of the podcast sites. Again, thanks for joining me and let's go, (laughs) Brendan.